Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast Show. Today, I'm really excited to have Sarah Miholski with as a guest. And she is a healing and deliverance minister based out of Houston, Texas right now, but is originally from Colorado Springs and really has a very powerful and amazing testimony that I want her to share. But also what is really amazing about her story is just the work she's doing in the kingdom. There'll be a time for prayer at the end of this, but I really want you to, as you listen to her story, what you see and what you hear for yourself, I want you to just take it because what her story is, is she's not alone. There's many other people who have had similar experiences and we can take that. So thank you, Sarah, for being on. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Go ahead and share your story, where some of the mental health struggles came from and how they started. And then we'll get into how God redeemed this. Okay. I just really had starting probably in my teens and twenties, I started having babies when I was 20, 24, 25, started really noticing, I think at that point, a lot of depression and anxiety. I had trouble getting out of bed in the morning to take care of my kids, feeling lack of purpose, lack of desire, lack of really any kind of drive to do the things that I knew I needed to do and pretty severe anxiety. There were several nights that I remember waking up out of a sound sleep and running to my kid's room sure that they were dead. Mm. There was just this intense fear that I had that something really bad was going to happen to Mm. my kids. I knew that I had a lot of family members with mental health issues, a lot of people that were on medication, a lot of people that really struggled with fear and depression. It was just part of growing up and knowing that that was my lot in life. And a normal? Did it seem like it was normal? It did. It seemed like everybody dealt with that and that's how life was. That's what I think is very common. I think a lot of people just think, oh, this is just how it is. This is how my mom is, how my grandma is, my sister is. We're all just struggle with depression and we all just take medication or or anxiety. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about your childhood growing up. You grew up in the church. Yeah, I grew up in the church. We were there every time the doors were open. I grew up in more of a religious background, follow the rules and behave the way you know you're supposed to behave. I was really hungry for God, even as a young girl. I didn't have a ton of understanding about who he was or what he meant in my life. I was homeschooled. I was the oldest of five kids. In a lot of ways, I kind of had an ideal childhood, I guess you could say. My parents are still married. I had this real stable, happy childhood Mm -hmm. and a lot of good memories. In my childhood. In becoming an adult, it didn't necessarily translate into me feeling like a secure, well adjusted person. Yeah. So then when did you start taking those steps with that hunger that God put in you? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think in my mid 20s to late 20s, I really started sensing that God had more for me. There was more to him than I had experienced. 
I started listening to a lot of teaching and realizing, wow, the Bible says some things that I never realized it said. Even though I've read it my whole life, I never saw that. Why didn't somebody tell me that the Bible said that? And so there was this opening of my eyes that the Lord started to do where I was able to start pressing in deeper and really start to desire freedom and to be fully myself without apology and to know God fully. And just this hunger, I didn't even have language for it, what the hunger was, what I wanted God to do for me. I didn't know how to ask him for it, but I just really started going, God, I just need more of you. I don't even know if that's theologically correct or if it's okay for me to ask for that. I just need more. I don't know what it looks like. But it really was not until I was 34 that I realized I am not getting better mentally. I'm not getting better and I can't keep living like this. I had this realization that this was my life, my lifetime. I don't have a second one. I'm running out of time kind of thing, starting to get to my mid thirties and I'm going, I'm still unhappy. I still don't like my life. What needs to change? And so when I had that realization, I started talking to my husband about going through counseling and there was actually a stigma in my family about mental health. As odd as that sounds with everybody struggling, it wasn't really considered the thing to do to go and see a counselor. I would say that's pretty common that people just take medication. They'll go and get anxiety meds or depression meds and that's it. That they'll do that. They'll maybe talk about, but then there isn't a step to actually go to counseling. Mm -hmm. No. And it was almost embarrassing to have to go, I need some help. I'm not okay. It really was a private thing for me. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't talk to my mom. I didn't talk to my sisters about it. And I just went, I'm done doing this. I'm all alone. And I, in making these kinds of choices and I don't care, I'm moving forward with my life. I know God has more for me. I know this is something wrong and I need to go figure out what it is. Wow. With that conviction, I feel like it really gave me the strength to pursue what it was that I needed. I didn't know what the answer even was. I was pretty sure by then we had been part of a charismatic church at that point. And so I was familiar with emotional healing to a degree. And I knew that God could work miracles and I had had encounters with him and things like that. But I really hadn't been around someone that had tools for that kind of deep healing. I wanted to ask a question because you said I had encounters with the Lord. One of the things that I've always wondered is that people who have encounters, I always wonder, okay, so then what happened from that? So it sounds like God, I'm just looking and wondering if during that time, God was stirring up your faith for the more to go and seek counseling and go and get the inner healing that yeah. the encounters weren't just, Oh, I'm going to heal. Cause I've seen that where the encounters will completely heal you, yeah. but his path for you was it kept pulling you towards him. Yeah. I think it gave me hope. Yeah. Something could change. Yes. I think it reminded me that he was faithful to me and that he hadn't abandoned me. And if he hadn't showed me the path in that way, I might've, I don't know, I guess I might've at some point gone, God, you're not there for me. And I turned away from him, but I had experienced him so deeply personally that I knew he was the answer. That is really powerful because I think a lot of people do give up and do blame God. Why is this happening to me? Why am I depressed? And another question I have for you, because I'm a marriage and family therapist, so I see a lot of family issues. Did you have any issues in your marriage or with your children at all during this time? Or was it just you struggling with depression and anxiety? Well, I feel like at that point in time, (laughs) my husband and I were both seeking the Lord the best that we knew how, but our brokenness fit each other very well. 
<laughs> so my brokenness fit his brokenness and we just got along. In fact, when I started yeah. to get healing, I feel like that's when it stirred up tension between us. Wow. Oh, she's going to get better. She's not going to need right. me as much. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to play the old game anymore. I'm not going to, the rules are all changing. That's been okay. something interesting for us to walk through. And okay. then as far as my kids go, we had a lot of health issues in my home, physical health, but they were so little still that I feel like I'm grateful that it hadn't dramatically affected my kids at okay. that point in time. They were all, I think seven and under eight okay. and under, something like that. So they Got were it. pretty young. You can keep going with the healing and you're now finally being brave and seeking counseling and yeah. I got the name of an inner healing and deliverance ministry that was there in Colorado Springs. I went in and sat and talked with Tia, who has become my mentor and one of my dearest friends, but I had never met her before. And I pretty much cried through six months of weekly appointments, doing a ton of inner healing work and a ton of forgiveness work and a ton of identity work. And then they do deliverance with a team. I went in and they prophetically ministered to me, prayed and broke generational stuff, all of that. And really honestly, I can say that from August to the following March, when I finished the process of ministry, which I say it kind of funny because we're never 100% whole till we see Jesus face to face and our process continues daily with the Lord. But walking through the process being complete there, I became a different person than I was when I first went in there. I didn't have trouble getting up anymore. The debilitating fear completely went away. A lot of the insecurity that I had dealt with was different. I even, one of my favorite stories is one of the things that we have people do for that type of healing is make a list of everyone who has ever hurt us, sit down with the Holy Spirit and ask him to help us remember, right. and then write those people a letter that they'll never see. You're not sending these letters and get all your emotion out on the paper and then say, I choose to forgive you and I release you to Jesus. Come on. So it took me three weeks to write all of those letters. <laughs> wow. I was in pretty severe adrenal fatigue at mm. that point in time. I was needing $200 a month worth of supplements from naturopathic doctor wow. to be functional. I had so much fatigue that I would walk into the room and my kids' toys were all over the floor and I would literally cry at the thought of trying to pick up the toys. I'd have to think wow. of something that made me angry to get up the stairs. I had such extreme fatigue. Wow. And I can say to the glory of God that when I finished writing those letters, by the time I finished writing those letters, that adrenal fatigue cleared and it's not come back. Come on. So I was rehearsing my pain wow. and burning out my own adrenals and I didn't even know it. Wow. Wow. It's just the transformation that God did in me. I kind of got addicted and didn't want to leave that place. <laughs> so after, when I went through deliverance, Tia actually introduced me to the team. And so this is Sarah. We've gotten to be friends as she's gone through ministry. And when she's done, she needs to join us. And I was like, well, I, I, wait, I do? <laughs> she hadn't said anything to me about it. I joined the team a month later and I've been there ever since. I've led my own teams at this point. I've seen my own clients for about five years. I apprenticed to Tia in inner healing and I was trained in deliverance. And I just absolutely love seeing what God does in people's lives. Wow. So you're saying inner healing and deliverance. I think some people listening don't have as much experience with that. And they might think deliverance is this big, scary priest doing a 
exorcist. Can you share a little bit about what that practically looks like and what it means when demons flee and how that's what Jesus says that freely receive, freely you give and can cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead. I mean, this is what he tells us to do and tell us how that practically looks like. So a lot of people say, how can a Christian have a demon? And Tia's spiritual dad, Bill Suddeth, would say a Christian can have anything they want. Oh, so good. (laughs) Including demons. So good. Wouldn't you say they don't actually want it, though? They don't know that they want it. They probably don't consciously want it. But there's certain things that open the door to oppression from the demonic. People who are believers and have the Holy Spirit are not possessed in the sense of the Hollywood movies. They're not controlled by the enemy, but they're definitely oppressed and they definitely can be tormented because the enemy comes and likes to attach to several different things. One of them is unforgiveness, where we're commanded to forgive. It's not a recommendation. There's no, I don't want to. It's just, that's a command. And if we choose to not forgive, then the enemy can use that. Another thing is trauma. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people deal with deep trauma in their lives. We all do to some degree or another. And so at a point of trauma, the enemy introduces a lie. And we believe that lie because we're vulnerable to it. We've experienced that trauma. We're in pain. Mm -hmm. And then over the course of our lives, the enemy works to reinforce that lie and builds a stronghold. And so when we have a belief system that lines up with what the enemy says is true, rather than what the Bible says is true, that enables the demonic to come in and take advantage of that. That's an open door, we call it, for the demonic to come in. And for example, if we have some sort of a traumatic thing happen, we get hurt or something, and the enemy says, it was your fault, you should have made better decisions. Then every time anything happens that is out of order or causes pain or whatever, it was your fault, you should have made better choices. So then that comes into motherhood, for example. And if your kid gets hurt, it's your fault, you should have made better choices. And then we have this crippling fear that if we aren't on high alert every moment of every day, we're not going to be able to keep our kids safe. So that is absolutely the demonic at work in our lives. It doesn't mean that he controls us or makes us do weird stuff or whatever, but it's torment. We can actually go in and address the trauma from the root that we ask the Holy Spirit in inner healing Mm. to take us to the memory. We don't tell the person to go to the memory. We ask the Holy Spirit to take us to the root. And that's key. That is key of where that trauma came in and what he wants to heal. And then when they go to that memory, we walk them through it in inner healing. And we walk through who do we need to forgive? And then we invite Jesus into the memory. And then we say, Jesus, what's the lie that I believed in this place? Mm. And what's the truth? And then we invite Jesus to minister to us and remove off of us anything that attached in that memory. So then what starts to happen is that stronghold starts crumbling because there's no lie to sustain it anymore. And then when we tell the demonic to leave, it has no choice because I have authority because the Holy Spirit lives in me. And if I know that I carry that authority, that when I command, and the unholy spirits to leave, they have to obey me, then they will. They leave and there's nothing more for them to come back to because the trauma has been healed. So that's just kind of an example of how that, how that can work. In the mental health field, that right there, what you were describing before would be general anxiety disorder. And we just continue to just believe we have this disorder and this is just how we live. And this is just how we need to operate. And God actually doesn't want us to stay in that place. It's not how he's designed us. 
And he's designed us to be free. He's designed us to live feeling loved, knowing that we're loved and what our identity is and, and being able to be at peace and at rest and have strategies for businesses and innovation and creativity. And I mean, he wants us to live our dreams. He doesn't want us to just stay small and operate in this place with our mental health struggles. Absolutely. Tell us what God is doing in your life now. And even as you're giving that example about Jesus coming to the moment of this, I want you to lead our listeners into that because I really think that'll be very powerful. But yeah, what is God doing in your life now? Because I know you moved. (laughs) Yeah, well, we moved and you have one picture of what a move is going to look like. And then God does exactly what he wants. And that's what we love. And so there's been this season of just this beautiful purifying and refining of vision and really going deep in identity stuff and in things that I had believed from my childhood. And like I said earlier, the healing continues. We go from glory to glory. And that's humility. To me, you are a very humble and very honoring person. And that's because you're spending so much time with the Lord. You are someone who taught me to sit, to learn how to sit and actually be in stillness and be in silence. And I was like, oh my God, how do I do that? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but because, Yes. But because you do that and you have that muscle, your spiritual muscles are trained to sit in that stillness and to be able to be in that patient place, you have access to the kingdom like no other, because you're able to sit with him. Keep going with what you were saying. There's just been this beautiful process that the Lord's had us in. And a lot of it has been that kind of time of just really sitting with him. We ended up finding this really fiery Holy Spirit led church close to where we ended up buying a house. And we had no idea what the Lord was doing there. And they basically are hosting revival meetings three nights a week. So we're in these meetings where the Holy Spirit's just moving in power, in worship, in deliverance, in freedom for people, in just revelatory teaching that unlocks our understanding of the kingdom and the way that we see God and the way that we see ourselves. And I'm just so grateful for where God has us. It's it's just even as in my marriage and, and with my kids who two of them are now teenagers and there's been this beautiful process of him just leading us into something completely new. And I don't know what it will look like long-term, but it really is something that I just every day, I'm so glad we're here. I'm so glad he brought us here. I see clients online since getting here and we are working on uh, getting a local office here. We're in the Southeast part of Houston, kind of close to the water. And so that's been fun moving from the high desert of Colorado to close to the beach. Yeah, I bet. Um, (laughs) It's just this, there's no limits. Mm. God's powerful. He can do anything he wants. Mm. I'm here for the ride, whatever he wants to do. This is amazing. And people listening can actually seek healing and deliverance through the ministry that you are with. It's called Healing Hearts International. And the website is tiamartinezministries.com. And you guys do ministry and healing and deliverance, but you also train. So people who want to get trained in ministry and do this themselves, they can do that because we do. I mean, we all, just like you getting, experiencing it yourself, God actually wants us to go do this for other people. Like you don't have to become a counselor like me. And in fact, sometimes it's even better not having the license and you're able to be a praying minister. You know, there's a lot more things that you can do. You can do it international and you can do it across the United States. 
states where I can only see people in my state because I'm licensed in the state of Minnesota. Yeah, you can go to the website, tiamartinezministries.com and hit schedule and book appointments with us here in Texas or with the Colorado team. And we have a couple of schools coming up down here in the Houston area this awesome. spring. And really those are for anybody who's interested. People get a lot of healing and freedom themselves at those schools yep. because it really is from your own healing and freedom that you minister to anybody. It's your story, your testimony with the Lord. Yeah. So speaking of that, I would love to end with some ministry time. If you wouldn't mind praying for our listeners, even though you were talking about leading people into a memory and how Jesus can come and heal that, if you could kind of lead them through that, I think that we would be very blessed by that. Absolutely. It'd be my honor. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you for having your way in this time today. Thank you that your power and your fire would go out to everyone listening to this today. I speak healing and freedom over everyone under the sound of my voice today. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would go layer by layer through their soul, healing all trauma, healing all wounding, that you would touch with your holy fire and your purifying fire everything that needs to be touched today in Jesus' name. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence filling the room everywhere that they are listening. So just say, Holy Spirit, I give you permission to take me to any memory you want to heal today. And just tell him. And then as you start to see or remember a memory, let yourself be in that memory. Let yourself be that little girl, that little boy, that teenager, that young adult, wherever he takes you. And feel the feelings that happened in that place. And say, Holy Spirit, who do I need to forgive in this memory? And I want you to picture their face and tell them how they made you feel. When you did this, I felt angry, sad, unprotected. And that wasn't okay. But I choose to forgive you. And I release you to Jesus. See if there's anyone else in that memory you need to forgive. Sometimes we need to forgive ourselves, or we need to forgive God even. We know God's perfect, but sometimes we feel unprotected by Him or like He didn't show up. So just release anyone who you need to forgive in that memory. I forgive you and I release you to Jesus. And when you're done doing that, say, Jesus, would you come into this place and heal my heart and show me truth? I want you to look all around for him and see if you can see or sense him there with you. Go as close as you can to him in the memory. He's inviting you to sit with him. Go sit with him. And say, Jesus, what lie did I believe in this memory? Listen for his voice. And say, Jesus, what was the truth? And say, Jesus, I give you permission to remove off of me everything that attached in this place and heal my heart. Let him do anything he wants to do. Surrender to him. Let him set you free and love on you. Stay with him till he's all finished. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sarah. You're so welcome for being a guest. And I just pray for every single listener here. I just give yourself permission that if God is healing something right now and you're in the middle of that, just pause the podcast or stop it. Even put on some worship music if you need to and just allow yourself to just keep allowing that healing to happen because sometimes 
time is actually what we need. And if something comes up later that you need to maybe forgive again, that's okay. That's normal. Forgiveness sometimes can be a process that we have to keep exercising. We sometimes need to keep saying it again, but reach out to someone, reach out to their ministries. I would highly recommend that. I know we have some here in Minnesota, but a lot of listeners are all over. Thank you so much, Sarah. You're so welcome. It's been an honor. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.